We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, this is the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. It is extremely good fortune for me, D2, to be back. I thought we were going to get thrown out of the Run ATL Broadcast booth, but we're back. My daughter left me an open seat. <laughs> I, I wasn't quite sure where you were going because the studio that we're in is it's feeling a little cozy That's uh, true. because there's a, a lot more sound dampening material, not by choice, but you know, I feel like we're, we're going to be relegated into a closet soon, a walking closet. <laughs> that is true. For those of you who are lost, we are so glad you've joined us. This is in reference to the last episode. Go back, check that out. D2 and I turned over the hosting duties to my daughter, Monica. She did an awesome job. Thanks to everyone who sent us a note or told me that they enjoyed hearing her. Thank you for not necessarily saying that you enjoyed her more than me. D2, you and I are back now. I am happy to report, as I have shared very enthusiastically with some of our team, Fannin County Cross Country, both the men and the women on their way to state. The women won their region. The men finished second. Way to go, FCHS. And to all of you who are part of the state contingent, your team, your school, your family is making plans for Carrollton. We know at the end of this week, as we release this episode at the beginning of November, the Georgia High School State championship for cross country it occurs in Carrollton, georgia it will be a big weekend for sure but d2 this is a big month so much going on some fun things for sure one of the things i always look forward to this time of year releasing some of the holiday collections from our brand partners and from our own brand Yes, that's right. So we uh, are, are releasing our brand new fall slash winter run ATL collection, and we and it is uh, probably the most extensive collection that we've uh, ever released that I can remember because there are a lot of pieces, a lot of selection, a lot of choices. We've got you know long sleeve, we got short sleeve technical shirts, we've got you know nice thermal half zips that you can use kind of as an outer layer or a mid layer. So when those temperatures really really drop, you can use that as a mid layer um so we've got all that we got pants we got tights men's women's we got you know um you know uh, so much stuff that i just you know it's it's you know it's just awesome i'm like there's a part of me that's kind of goes like how do i buy stuff for me for christmas this year <laughs> well we'll talk about that we'll talk a little bit about shopping and, and what have you now that we're at the beginning of november supposedly everybody's going to be shopping earlier i think that's true but there's also a really cool promotion as if the stuff wasn't cool enough as if it wasn't stuff that you might end up getting a hold of before anybody even gets a chance to buy it for themselves or their own loved ones there's also a cool promotion with another cool brand that we've instituted we are doing great things once again bringing some real value that's right so because it, it is 2020 and everything that 2020 has brought us this year the promotion is based on that so if you spend twenty dollars and twenty cents on any of our big peach run atl branded gear you will get a free richardson 
big peach peachy branded you know uh, hat so we have several of them that are going to be kind of like a trucker hat a more of a casual type look canvas type uh, you know canvas twill type and even uh, uh, I think there's some runner type of technical type of running hats as well so there those will be your options uh, to choose from and you get one with the purchase of anything over 2020 to kind of round out uh, you know round out the year that it is so it is November we got two months left in this year and uh, so yeah that's the promotion so if it has our trademark any of our trademarks that could be our character icon icon peachy could be something that says big peach running co it may be a run atl product a trademark we hold near and dear if it is twenty dollars and twenty cents or more one of those richardson caps is yours while supplies last d2 let's talk about the fact people will be shopping early perhaps there are a lot of ways that we're gonna have the good fortune of serving people this year this holiday season not the case necessarily a year ago some of this has evolved this year yeah that's right and obviously we are still in you know in a pandemic and you know we're of course always optimistic that this will end soon but i think we've been saying that now for a few months so who knows maybe this will be the you know the new normal and i think that term has been overused as well um but yes i mean we do have a you know a virtual uh fitting process where you can you know sign up and schedule an appointment with us using GoToMeeting is our, our a platform of choice and we can do a virtual consultation there to kind of whether it's a, a shoe fitting or anything else that you would need we can do that there we offer let me throw this out there and i think that you and i both know that the technology exists for those of you who just aren't certain what to get that runner or walker on your list if you know someone who is just getting into it and you need a quote-unquote virtual personal shopper what a great way to use that platform right exactly yep and of course you know we you know if you do that you know we can actually take payment over the phone we can do curbside you know pickup you know you can come in the store and pick it up and of course our stores still offer normal operating hours we are still practicing social distancing we are still kind of controlling and limiting the amount of people in our stores so but we don't expect it to be like huge overcrowding so that shouldn't be an issue so um you know that's those are those services are still available so we will be doing our traditional small business episode one of those things that people have said to me in the past oh i can tell you're in retail when you use the term price point you just mentioned how new normal might be overused another term that is very retail centric and perhaps also very overused omni channel for those of you not in or near the retail industry it basically means being able to purvey your goods or services in a variety of ways i.e brick and mortar or in store as well as through digital commerce or e-commerce platforms or any other ways one of the things i'm so proud of our team this year we had some cool things in motion for sure but at the same time we wouldn't have said that we had it all put together we're never going to say it's perfect or it's not going to improve on anything but d2 as you well know this year at this point going into the holidays yes our e-commerce platform being able to buy something at bigpeachrunningco.com never been easier in addition buy online pick up in store it's a thing reserve online pick up in store it's a thing you already mentioned some of the other platforms what a tremendous amount of progress and maybe a silver lining very consistent with our theme from the featured conversation this year has been along those lines yeah i mean i think in in this type of environment you need to adapt you need to change you need to evolve um to whatever the circumstances may be so that you can basically survive uh as a business owner 
Very, very true. Again, we so very much appreciate you for all you've done for us this year. We also know you will come to appreciate our guests on this episode. We're going to introduce you to Quincy Duggar and Marsha White. They participated so very successfully in the recently completed Miles for Cystic Fibrosis Sizzlin 65 Challenge. That was the virtual replacement for what is traditionally our Labor Day tradition, Big Peach. Sizzler went virtual this year, became a multi-week achievement. These individuals were the grand champion, Quincy on the men's and overall side, Marsha on the women's side, but don't just think you're going to come to know a couple of champions. Their story unbelievable, each in their own right. Quincy, you'll hear me refer to him as my new favorite, David Goggins. He, in the last number of years, has lost over 230 pounds. He gives us an insight how that happened, as well as some practical guidance for all of us in staying true to routine, starting and instituting consistency. Marsha, she is now proudly 73 years of age, started ultra walking when she was 59. She did so with the encouragement of others, something we should all do. And now the number of events that she has completed and the amount of guidance and wisdom that she is able to share with all of us. It is seemingly bottomless and D2. We, generous already in the holiday spirit, are going to share it unedited with everyone when we get back from this very brief message. Do your feet hurt? Feel any discomfort in your joints or lower back when you run? Your shoes might be the root of the problem. Whatever your fitness level, your feet should be comfortable and your shoes shouldn't be the cause of an injury or keep you from achieving your fitness goals. Come into any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free three-step fit process, including a video gait analysis. Our professional fitters will help get you into shoes that fit so you can enjoy running, walking, or any activity that requires you to be on your feet. Our 100% satisfaction guarantee will give you peace of mind if your new shoes don't live up to your expectations. Simply return them. No problems, no hassles, no time limit. We want to make sure you're completely happy with your shoes so you can achieve your fitness goals. Visit Big Peach Running Company today. And welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast. D2 timing is everything. The fact that we are launching into the final two months of the year, but looking back at this very strange, sometimes unpredictable, uncertain year, but looking all the time for silver linings. Today, we have found some. We have two very cool people, I believe, will be friends, not just with us, but with many of our listeners by the time this episode has concluded. Quincy Duggar, Marsha White, you've heard us, dear audience, talk about the Sizzlin 65 previously. It was the very able substitute for us having to make amendments this year to Big Peach Sizzler. This virtual challenge, very unique, was very well received, became one of those things that was a silver lining with the amount of resources and attention it did indeed gain for our friends at Miles for CF. And these two individuals, D2, as you know, they were the champions. Quincy and Marsha, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for offering to, to have us. And Quincy, yes, now it's, it's your fresh. turn. Yes, there it, it is. is. Well, the mic check works. Audio is full blast. So here's what everybody's already been told. They've been 
told you guys can cover some serious mileage. We hid those totals. So in the time frame that was the Sizzlin' 65 Challenge, do know, and this is somewhat documented because they were competitors as well, but Quincy Duggar, during the time frame, 671 miles. He was the grand champion. Obviously, regardless of gender or age group, that was his victory. Second overall, also the top female right on his tail. In fact, when we had the mics little bit quiet, D2. We might have heard what was a little bit of a competitive rivalry, even though they didn't know each other. Marsha, over 640 miles, was in his shadow and coming for the title. She obviously is our champion on the women's side. But more importantly for both of you, what was really cool for me was getting to know your story. And I thought, man, it would be such a disservice if we did not introduce our audience, not just to the two of you, but to your respective stories, the inspiration, and I believe the positive influence you can have. So first of all, I want to just start with you, Quincy, as the champion. Let's dive right in. The overview that I got midway through when you were leading or near the top of the leaderboard of this particular virtual challenge had two pictures of you. And I thought they were two different individuals because I saw the pictures before I read any of the text. And for those of you who are maybe endurance or ultra-minded like I am, there is an individual I've told the story about running with this person at one point and being somewhat embarrassed that I wasn't tough enough by the time I knew his full story, but his name is David Goggins. And one of these pictures, there was this individual that I thought, oh, that's David Goggins. Maybe he signed up for the Miles for CF virtual challenge. And then right next to him was this individual also a black man. I thought, well, maybe brothers, maybe there's some kind of reason to think these two somehow came together. It'll be a cool way to get to know someone if this challenge brought them together. And then it was the same person. And as I read the text, and I believe I've got this right, Quincy, please correct me if I'm wrong. Since 2011, you have lost over 230 pounds. That is correct. Although I would like to make a slight correction. What I told you earlier was incorrect. Um, I was at 471 miles and Marsha was at 450. Ah. I went back and checked. Oh. Yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. So there it is. There It was a, It was less than 20 miles that separated these two. Marsha, I don't know if it would be a good idea for a podcast based in the state of Georgia to put a wager on if you had two more weeks, whether you would have caught him or not. That might be considered. No, I don't think I would have. He was just too fast. Too fast. Well, either way, those are big numbers. And another big number for sure, Quincy, is that. 235 pounds you lost and I don't want to just immediately say well my gosh let's make this entirely about weight loss but we talk about experience on a regular basis what we know at Big Peach Running Company would be far more valuable than experience is transformation when I think about a number like 235 and I equate it to weight loss to me that is true transformation and at the onset of any transformation there is a reason or there is an impetus for that journey. What was it that ultimately had you thinking, my goodness, maybe this is a journey I should take? Well, the uh, final toothpick on the back of the camel carrying way too much straw was um, <laughs> actually about nine years ago now, um, I went for my annual physical and I stepped on the scale at the doctor's office and clocked in at 440 pounds. And this is after having removed my wallet, keys, shoes, and telephone. And I'm like, 
oh my, what we have here is a problem that needs to be corrected. Wow. So it was a self-awareness that seemingly materialized in that doctor's office, perhaps looking at that figure on the scale. Did you have a sense before seeing that number or being in that environment that maybe there was a problem or did it just hit you like a ton of bricks, maybe for the first time right there in that moment? Well, uh, in truth, um, I've been a heavier fella for most of my life at that point. Um, um, I was actually in therapy for uh, about six months shortly thereafter. And some of the reality that hit me, as you say, like a ton of bricks, was that um, when I was eight years old, there were two significant traumas that had happened back to back. And then because of the second of those, um, there was some lifestyle alteration. And so I got into a habit of uh, poor diet and no exercise. Um, the short version is um, both of my, well, my mother's from here. My father's from uh, central Georgia. And so my grandmother, my mother's mother lived here. And whenever my parents went out of ta- went out or did whatever, my grandmother would watch me. And then she passed away um, towards the end of 1988. And then within five months of that, my parents got a divorce. And so I was living with my mom who was working a whole bunch of overtime to make sure that I didn't go without, that we were able to survive. And as a result, we tended to eat out a lot and eat a lot of prepackaged food. And then it spread that over the years, turns into a habit, poor dietary choices, what have you. And then, um, because I was, at school or like waiting for my mom to get out of work at work with her. I didn't get a lot of opportunity for exercise. And then that just sort of cascaded into my adult life. And then you said, I've been big for a really long time. And then I would look back at photographs of myself with my much smaller friends. And it never really hit me until I saw the pictures and like, Oh wow, I'm so much bigger than everyone else. And then, like I said, the uh, doctor's office was the, final straw so to speak well I, I love the fact that you call out a few things that i think we can all relate to whether it is sometimes this season or perhaps now for many of us too long of a period where our dietary choices are subpar to poor we recognize there might be a problem but we're not willing to peel that onion back the number of layers necessary to see to what degree certainly i can just tell from the way you framed it up, your appreciation for your mom and the way she did provide and obviously making sure to use your phrase that you did not go without. And then at the same time, I get the sense that maybe there was a little bit of blissfully unaware if it took pictures from long ago to get represented to you for you to even know that. Is that a, is that a fair statement that all of this, quite frankly, is common, but at the same time becomes the setup for something that is an awesome and uncommon story? From what I've heard from conversations I've had with people is that, yeah, it's sort of a a blissful ignorance where the image that you have of yourself is not necessarily based in reality. Um, To this day, what I think I look like and what I actually look like still don't jive. I mean, admittedly, uh, in my view, I look better now than I did then. But what I see, how I see myself looking is not doesn't still doesn't jive with the way that I look not to say that I look bad uh, at least I certainly don't think so and my wife tends to agree more often than not <laughs> but um, yeah it's what you think and what is don't necessarily um, 
correspond to one another. Well, and for those of you who would say, David Goggins, that is a handsome man. You can picture Quincy Duggar before we put in our show notes the images that we were sent. Blissful, unaware, those two terms, they come together in a different way. Before we fired up the mics, we were talking to Marsha. And Marsha, now at age 73, obviously, those 400 plus miles, part of the Sizzlin' 65. But Marsha, where you might have been somewhat blissfully, but certainly unaware when you were talking about your background and someone observed you, the pace that you were walking ultimately extended an invitation that seemingly changed your life because unlike D2 and me, unlike many people perhaps in this audience, you didn't really start walking with any real competitive intent or maybe with the same level of consistency that you do now until you were almost 60. And if someone had not made you aware of that observation he or she made, maybe things are different. Would you mind sharing with everybody in our audience the same thing you shared with me in terms of when you said, man, there might be something here? <laughs> sure. Um, I've enjoyed walking all my life, but um, I started, and I've always been a fast walker. And I, during my lunch break at work one day, a person who is a fellow employee who was uh, a member of the Florida Track Club, saw me walking and said, you walk really fast. You should do one of our races that the track club puts on. And I said, oh, I don't think they want me. I'm just a walker. And he said, no, we think we accept anybody who can meet the time limit. So it got me excited to think about. And I, um, I'm a li retired librarian. And so the first thing I did was I went out and I bought a book on... <laughs> How to do? Uh, how to walk or run a 5K, 10K, or a half marathon? And I read it from cover to cover, and I thought, well, I think I could do that. And so I started training, devising my own training plan, walking around a shopping center area that was about a mile in length, and I would just spend my my weekends training. And then I at work I would go out and I would on my lunch break and before and after work, I would train. And I did my first half, my first race was a half marathon and I finished in under three hours ahead. I wasn't last, which was what I was fearful of. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I had such a great time. I was so nervous before the race that I asked my husband to drive me there. It was a small town uh, just south of Gainesville, Florida. And I was just so nervous that I didn't want to drive myself there. And then I was afraid I wouldn't be able to drive myself back when I finished the race. So he dropped me off there and picked me up three hours later. And I said, oh, I had such a great time. And he looked at me and he said, now don't get carried away. I kept thinking and t saying to him, I, I want to do another race. I want to do another race. And that's become a family joke because um, I really did get carried away that I started when I was 59 and I'm 73 and I've done almost 300 marathons and ultra marathons since then. So yeah, I got a little, I got bitten by the bug. Check that out, D2, yeah. 300 plus. And that is not just the 59 to 73, which is super cool, but we're talking about less than 15 years time to rack up all that accomplishment. Uh -huh. That's, that's, I, I haven't even done that. I won't even come close, I don't think. <laughs> so we're talking some big numbers for those who were un 
aware previously of the Sizzlin' 65 Challenge. Let me give you some big numbers. Let me give you a brief encouragement, and we'll get back to Quincy and to Marsha. Some big numbers. All of those who did sign up, they clocked in over 51,200 total miles with everyone. This race oftentimes is the bedrock of that financing and funding that allows Miles for Cystic Fibrosis to do all the good work that it does. They are in the midst of raising $20,000 through this campaign for 2020. I will tell you, they are close. They are not yet there, whether it is being inspired by these two or just because you know it's the right thing to do, please do visit milesforcf.org. Think about a donation for them. I can promise you, you will feel better for doing so and they will do good work with it. Quincy, coming back to you, obviously we talk a little bit about that significant weight loss, but whether somebody's got a few pounds that they're trying to put aside or a massive lifestyle change that they believe ultimately needs to transpire, there is still those first days, maybe first few steps that are incredibly difficult as you build habit, as you make it routine. My guess is since it hasn't been that long ago, less than a decade, that you can still recall what that formative stage was like. So for all those, maybe they're listening, maybe they know someone who they care about and they just know, gosh, if I could give them some advice, it would be better for both of us, but they don't know where to start or what advice to give. What would you say about those early days of that lifestyle change, of that transformation, that today is still good advice and not just for you, but for others and that you find yourself passing along perhaps on a regular basis? Uh, For me, it was consistency. Uh, When I first started, and I will remember this for as long as my memory stays intact, it was Christmas Day. 2011 and that's 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 my my anniversary so to speak it was christmas day 2011 and i bought this stationary bike oh my god at that point probably five years prior and i swore up and down that i would never hang clothing on it because that was one of the things that we did when i was a kid my mom bought a uh recumbent bike or something like that and we always hung all kinds of things off on it and never actually used it and so i swore i would use it i would never use it as a laundry rack i used to collect dust uh, but Christmas morning, 2011, I got out of bed and I hopped on this bike and I was on this bike for all of about two minutes, if that, and I was huffing and puffing and wheezing and it's like, okay, I got to start somewhere. And then I fell to the floor. I did five pushups and I'm like, you know, modified pushups where I'm on my knees pushing off the ground. And I think I made it through like five. I'm like, okay, you know what? I got to start somewhere. And then every day for about two months at some point in time during the day it started off at the beginning but towards the end it uh, it wound up being towards the end of the day but i would do as much time as i could on the bike and then i would do as many push-ups as i could and then after about two months it got really good to me to the point where i was able to do say about 10 or so minutes consecutively and I'll never forget it. It was during the 2012, right leading up to the 2012 primaries uh, for um, the GOP. And Newt Gingrich was being interviewed on Fox News. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to ride this out to the end of this interview. And I've never wanted someone to stop talking so much in my life. <laughs> but I was able to stay on it for 13 minutes for the length of the interview. I'm like, okay, well, if I can do this, I can keep going. And then um, within about another month or so, I was able to go for about half an hour, and then I remembered that we had, where I was working at the time, there was a gym in the building, 
And then so I went every workday and then it caught on like a brush fire. So instead of going just every workday, I was at the gym in the office every single day. Um, and I did that for the better part of a year and towards and for like towards the end of 2012, I was actually doing twice a day. But again, consistency, just stick with it. You know, even if it's just walking a mile around your neighborhood, if you walk a mile around your neighborhood every single day, you build in that habit. Man, that's awesome. And we've said in the past, maybe even on this broadcast, gradual increases produce the greatest results. And if you pair that with what Quincy just said in terms of consistency, you have, no matter from where you're starting, not what I would say is just powerful advice or guidance, but hopefully optimism, rightful optimism, that you can, or whoever you're thinking of right now, can do this because we are not putting qualifiers in place. Quincy obviously is giving us that license not to have qualifiers to getting started. If it is only a couple of minutes to start with, if it is only a few push-ups, if it is only a half a block or at a pace that is doable for however long, man, that is liberating. Marsha, one of the things that I think is quite possible the number of people who you might see, and without making any inference about the state of Florida, Marsha, I believe you're in Tallahassee. <laughs> is that correct? That's correct. So I know that D2, your parents are in Florida. My parents used to visit Florida. And I know in terms of the way, and Quincy mentioned 2012, the way Florida is playing out, there seems to be a mature population in the state of Florida. So I'm just going <laughs> to estimate that there are people who oftentimes come to you, Marsha, and say, Okay, I get it. This is habitual for you. You've been doing this for however long, and now it's just part of who you are. But for those people who are, whether it's 45, 55, 65 plus, that haven't yet made this a routine, why is it that you would say it is definitely not too late for it to become a routine? Oh, I would definitely say it's never too late. Um, age actually helps in a lot of ways. I don't have the speed that I used to have when I started when I was 59, 60 years old, and I wasn't ever that fast, believe me. But now I've slowed down and I have osteopenia that's getting worse. And in fact, I just had a cast taken off my left wrist because I broke it uh, two months ago. And um, at least it wasn't my legs, but... Um, <laughs> I would say that while speed has decreased, my endurance has increased. And I think older people have a real plus on their side when they go out. And even if you go slowly, you can still do a lot of miles. And if you, if you look down at the, the um, listings of a lot of races, the results, you'll see that in ultra marathons, older people have... Um, a real advantage. Um, another point I want to make up about, and it doesn't have anything to do with age, but if you are um, stressed or anxious, and I tend to be both frequently, I found that for me, uh, walking or running is just an, an, a great stress reliever. And it doesn't matter matter i walk outside i don't have a treadmill or anything so i i enjoy getting out into the um, the good weather and it just helps with my mood 
And I think a lot of people, especially these days with um, worries about COVID-19 and worries about uh, the economy and, and worries about just everything, it's really important to keep your stress and anxiety level lower. And for me, getting out there and, and moving is incredibly important. And I think it's as important when you're older as it is to younger people. Well, I would agree with that. And I love that you mentioned that because certainly we could bore people to tears with all kinds of data that suggests here's why a pedestrian active routine makes sense. Here's what transpires, whether it's metabolically, cardiovascularly, from a weight loss or weight management standpoint, when you cover a certain amount of miles or when you spend a certain amount of minutes each day or each week exercising, everybody gets that even if they can't recite the statistics. That mental right. side that you just mentioned, that almost uh, ethereal consideration that comes alongside the physical benefits is one of those things that I think has impacted people as much as anything, especially when they can say they've made this a lifestyle. Can you comment a little bit on, because I think you're right and I can't speak, I'm not your age yet, my goodness, D2, I think some days we feel like our particular ages, maybe we're aging at two or three times the rate as everyone else, even though that's not true. But it is seemingly true that those of us in certain age groups are just more likely to have what could be stressors. As you've gone through this in your 50s, in your 60s, now in your 70s, is it fair to say that the amount of stress is not any less than it might have been in your 20s, 30s, or 40s? I went through some um, very stressful times when I, in my 50s and 60s. And had I not been able to go out and walk, I think I probably would have collapsed. I would have had to um, maybe a nervous breakdown. I think that during um, my 50s and 60s, especially my 50s, were very, very stressful for me. And I think that that's common with um, just the way things are. Uh, I think it's my, my stress level is lower as I'm in my 70s now, but it's still pretty high, so I don't want to. I don't want to dampen. Um, tell you that it isn't. They've done studies that show that uh, older people tend to be happier than than um, middle aged and younger people, and I think to a certain extent that's true. But I think for me, it was um, living an active lifestyle that actually has added to to my happiness, and I know it has helped decrease anxiety and stress. And they've done studies that show that being physically active, even just casual walking can help because um, better than taking antidepressants. So, Well, I recently okay. spoke with someone who was in his 90s and I asked him, it wasn't on a podcast, it wasn't formal, it was the two of us standing in an elevator and he mentioned because I had running shoes on that he used to run, but he doesn't now. And this was before I knew he was in his nineties. And I said, well, hey, you know, tell me the secret to longevity now that I know your age, what would you say? And as much as I had maybe kind of hoped he would say, you know, a good uh, craft beer every once in a while, not putting any sugar or cream in your coffee every morning. He just said, keep moving. Two words, yeah. keep moving. Yeah. And he didn't tell me how much he had run when he was younger. He didn't tell me when he stopped running. And he certainly, even though he had stopped running, was still moving, 
even though it was at a different pace, and he believed that was the secret to his longevity. What you said, Marcia, seems to give me understanding that you would say the same is true. Oh, definitely. And for those who are going to see these pictures, here's a preview. Like I said, when I saw Quincy's picture, I thought two different people. One of them looks like a Navy SEAL, but he looked all business. When you look at Marsha and you talk about somebody who just seems happy, this picture of her, (laughs) it was just one of those things. It was like so endearing. It was super cool to see. So I don't know how many stressors you have or to what degree all of those things in your past are fully in the past. But my goodness, it was a beautiful picture, Marsha. And you are certainly a great reflection of keeping moving without question. Quincy, I've got, I've got something that I'm going to bring up. I, I said this before we went live, so it's not going to come as a surprise. But now for those who know David Goggins, for those who perhaps would say, gosh, I'd expect nothing less of you, Mike, given this year and some of the other guests we've had on this podcast. Quincy is black, very much indicative with the David Goggins, although you did say you're perhaps a little bit more handsome than he is. Knowing your personality, I would say that is true. There you go, David. There's your invitation to come on and defend yourself. But in the meantime, one of the things, and I did mention this to Quincy, I'll never forget when we were working with Train to End Stroke was someone, the executive director at the time, outlining how stroke at that time was more prevalent among African Americans. I also remember working with the founders of Black Girls Run when I had the good fortune of delivering a keynote to them one year and listening to somebody who had spoken previously talk from CDC statistics here in our own backyard about the prevalence of obesity and the concerns in the black community relative to not just weight, weight loss or weight management, but all of the other things that come alongside an unhealthy weight. You obviously being black and now being 235 pounds lighter with a very consistent lifestyle are a great embodiment, Quincy, of the fact that it doesn't have to be that way. But I also know it's not that simple. And as what I refer to myself as an old white guy, I can't put myself in your shoes. So maybe just speaking specifically to our black listeners, what are some of the things that you would say are critical to making sure what I heard 15 years ago from the American Stroke Association, what I heard less than a decade ago from Black Girls Run, and yet what I know even today is true in those CDC statistics, does not become something that is equally part of our future. Well, um, in some of the circles in which I travel, so to speak, um, a large thing that we seem to avoid doing is going to the doctor, um, mm-hmm. either because we don't have time, can't take off of work, or can't afford it. I don't know how much of that is true. Uh, I am blessed uh, with a job that ha- covers my health insurance, uh, praise be to the almighty. Um, so I get to go see my physician as often as I need to. Um, but I will say, you know, making sure that we definitely go see our physicians as often as is necessary. Um, and then when your doctor says, hey, you need to exercise and diet, um, you don't have to necessarily you know, go full vegan or vegetarian, although that may or may not work better for you. Um, for me, it was a just eating less and moving more often, and that was enough to get me over the hump. But yeah, like I said, making sure that we see our doctors often, uh, making sure that we follow our doctor's advice in terms of making sure that we're taking our medication, that we're getting, that we get our medications, that we take our medications and that we eat better and then move more often. Gosh, I love that. And, and there's two things there at least. And that is that there's very grounded advice. Go see your physician. 
And yet I know that there are barriers in place, and this is across all races, right? For some people, there just may be this barrier, but it's easy to suggest you can't get through it, can't get around it, can't get over it. And my guess is there were plenty of barriers in your own story, Quincy, that otherwise would have been easy to say, well, that's what is the end of this part of my journey or this part of the potential transformation. What would you say about getting again, through, over, or around barriers, whether it's, whether it's a physician, whether it's equipment, whether it's we've had conversations with people on this broadcast that will just simply say that, hey, in my neighborhood, it's not safe, especially when I get home from work, to go out and go for a walk or a run. There's too much traffic. The sidewalks are dilapidated. There are not any you know, areas of green space that I feel particularly comfortable if it's after dark. And that becomes a legitimate barrier but you have to declare somehow we're going to get around it or the world belonging to the discontented, we're going to change it. Any guidance that you might give us, all of us, about when that barrier pops up, how we somehow figure out how to get to the other side of it? Um, you know, it's kind of funny because I was thinking of the answer to your question and then I realized that the answer, the answer that I want to give speaks from a place of privilege. Um, I've never not had access to an automobile, either uh, when I was living with my mom, uh, she had, she always had a car. Uh, once I, I struck out on my own, I've always had a car, more or less. Um, you know, in, in when my car is not functioning, my wife has her car that she'll let me borrow. So, you know, I'm thinking, well, there's got to be a park probably somewhere in your city where you could go failing that, you know, you could always watch TV and just walk in place. Uh, my wife has actually got some walking videos and she'll play them in the evening sometimes and then she'll just walk in place for an hour. Um, but that always assumes that A, you've got a place in your home to where you can actually stand long enough for to walk in place and you've got a TV and some method of playing a video or a DVD or something like that. Um, and then, you know, like for me, I was walking, when I started running, I was running around my neighborhood. Granted, I did it in the middle of the day and my neighborhood is relatively safe. Um, so I was, I've never been concerned about my safety running around my neighborhood. Not everyone has that luxury, right? Um, it's a really hard thing to say. Like, I can't give you a cookie cutter answer because everyone's situation is different, even slightly um, to where my suggestion may not necessarily work best for them. But um, if you've got a place you can go, um, like say, for example, you work at a fast food restaurant, then do a few laps around the building, assuming that the building where you work is in a safe enough neighborhood for you to do so. Uh, see if you can find a local park within walking distance, if it's safe for you to walk from wherever it is you reside, or if your neighborhood is safe enough for you to walk around like your apartment complex or something along those lines, or just at home. If you've got a smartphone where you can watch a video, just walk in place, watching the videos on your phone, or, you know, hopefully you've got a TV at home where you can, you know, uh, watch your favorite shows. But instead of sitting there on the couch, on the floor, wherever it is you sit to watch your favorite shows, walk in place for the duration of the program. Um, and of course, you know, if you're just starting out, you may not be able to walk uh, for a half an hour or walk for an hour. But, you know, go as far as you can for as long as you can. And then the next day, try to do a little bit further. That's awesome. And it goes back to that consistency. And, and the other thing, and, and you mentioned from a place of, of privilege, and there are many of us who are part of 
what we call the pedestrian active community that are fortunate to be part of that same designation, privileged. And yet we also know there are plenty, maybe even some who are coming to mind right now that that's not the case and where those barriers are more prevalent. But we do have to commit to moving collectively those barriers so that we all collectively benefit. I will say this right now, if you've not addressed what that barrier is for you or for someone you're thinking about, my goodness, do not delay. Come to terms with what that barrier is. And be honest, not just with yourself, but be honest with those who you would enroll in your journey to determine, can we get around or through or over this? And if the answer is no, we can't, we've come to a place where we are just stuck and our ability to improve our health or change what we know needs to be addressed in this world of fitness, nutrition, health, and wellness, then call out for help. In fact, I will tell you right now, podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. If you are stuck, let us know how you are stuck and we will do everything we can to figure out how to help you or others get past it. Marsha, I'm off my soapbox. I'm coming back to Florida, figuratively speaking. You and us here in the great state of Georgia oftentimes have what you might say during the fall is ideal weather. But there are also plenty of times in plenty of places where it's not that ideal. When you think about 300 plus marathons, ultra marathons, when you think about the consistency that you've shown for even longer than your competitive career, there is a habit that's been built with what I heard you say, no treadmill. What is it about getting outside in Tallahassee, where I dare say is very <laughs> uncomfortable for at least six months of the year if people who run Peachtree here in Atlanta on July 4th are to be believed? What is it that allows you to get past that and just some of the natural discomfort that comes with doing it outdoors almost every day? Well, I'll tell you that I prefer hot weather to cold weather. Okay. Which is probably why I, I live in Florida now. Um, <laughs> where where are you from I, originally? Obviously, I didn't get that in my background. It doesn't sound like that's originally home. It isn't. I, I'm a Bostonian, born ah, and raised. Right on. And, um, but I've worked for the Veterans Administration, and as such, I've, traveled, I've lived in uh, California, Oregon, and Texas before coming to Florida. And, um, and one of the reasons I wanted to come was because I was tired of snow. I was tired of ice. I don't like to drive in bad weather. And so most of the time, heat does not bother me. Now, this summer was exceptionally hot, and, um, I, it, and it did start to bother me. But I, I go out in every kind of weather unless it's a hurricane or unless there's lightning. I don't like thunder and lightning. I think that's dangerous. And um, Quincy was saying his wife does walk at home um, videos. That's the other alternative um, that I enjoy is either just running in place or walking in place or doing. Um, I have a number of walk at home videos that um, that I do when the weather is bad. And uh, but I still don't have a treadmill and I don't really want a treadmill. I do like going outside. So. Listen to that walk at home from both Quincy and Marsha, something now that, especially if you've got connectivity somewhere, easy to find online and just another way that we can get past those barriers. And it's easy for me to say, man, 
maybe the most resilient person that we've referenced is Quincy's wife because she's willing to walk in place watching a video. To me, that sounds <laughs> terrible. But at the same time, I have to admit, if it's like, if I'm not going to go outside or I'm not going to do this, I would have to declare this, my health is important enough to me that if that is the only option, then so be it. That is the option today and going forward. So that is really, really cool. Okay, so both of you did this virtually. Have you guys done Big Peach Sizzler previously? Have you done this race that Miles for Cystic Fibrosis puts on? Have you been with us in Atlanta for that event? No. This was supposed to have been my fourth year doing it. Fourth year doing it. Okay, so we've got one who has been part of the fun, starting in Chambly, finishing in Buckhead. It's an awesome event. Obviously, we're all hoping and praying that it is going to be back better than ever in 2021. But without knowing what the future holds, I'm just going to ask both of you the same question, even though from different angles. Quincy, you've done it before. I'm going to start with you. Knowing now that you've done at least this event and maybe others virtually, and knowing that you've done Big Peach, Sizzler, and perhaps other events on location, what is it that you would say is kind of the difference and how are you coping with doing these types of events and maybe not having the same robust access to on-location events like previously, because there are many of our listeners that are trying to figure this out themselves. Well, first thing I'd like to do is drop that I completed the Marine Corps Marathon 50K virtually last Friday. Um, Wow, congratulations, well done. Thank you. Um, And so it was actually kind of funny, Going back to where I run every day, there's a woman who I see uh, a handful of times a week, and she managed. She just so happened last Friday. She she happened to be at the mountain twice. She was there when I got started. She was there when I stopped back by my car to swap out my hydration packs, and then she happened to be there when I got done. And she rolled past me as she was getting ready to leave, asking me, "Were I left here at?" blah 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 time and then i came back have you been here this whole time yeah i've been here i just you took me five hours 40 minutes and some change so how many times you go around six um for those who are local when quincy refers to the mountain that is stone mountain so think about that six times around that'll give you some perspective it's about it's about five miles with those of you uh listening at home or on the road um so one of the things I miss the most about running, and I think very highly, I think or about the last Publix Marathon I did earlier this year, which is the last actual race that I uh, participated in, is um, I'm coming down to Cater Street uh, by Georgia State University, and it's around the 25 and a quarter, 25 and a half mile mark, so I'm almost to Centennial Olympic Park, and then my headphones died. And I was heartbroken because I was I've been jamming to music all morning long. But so I, I pull my headphones out and it's a, a half a mile and some change to go. You can hear the crowd. And it is it is hundreds of people just ranting and raving and screaming, just like cheering you on. And then I make the turn into the park. And there's this 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 gangway in, in the home stretch of all these people cheering for everyone who comes down. And that kind of thing, like bear in mind, at mile 23, my legs started to cramp (laughs) and I was tired. And I was like, but I'm so close and I'm doing so well. And then I get down into the park and then all these folks are cheering and it's just electrifying. And there's just something that you can't get 
by doing it virtually, not to knock virtual races because I got a wall full of them uh, from all the virtuals I've done this year. But it's just something about the, 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 the roar of the crowd that just, just energizes you like nothing else will. Man, so true. And that was part of a special weekend. You and I have the same last race. I remember coming through those 20 plus miles in Summerhill thinking, okay, even as somebody who is part of a bunch of running stores, I'm ready for a cold beer or Bloody Mary or something else on my Sunday morning at this point. And then when I got to that point that you just mentioned, but haven't thought about for months now, Quincy, that was super special. And that weekend, Olympic trials, many of us have referenced it all too many times. And yet you and I, we weren't in the money. I'm assuming that you might've said, no, 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 I was the winner that day. But assuming that wasn't the case and you and I both were just out there having a good time, doing it for a sense of purpose, that is electrifying. You don't have to win races to find that to be very electrifying when all these people come together. Marsha, 300 plus events. My guess is most of them not virtual. So you also are a great sense of information for virtual versus on location. What are your thoughts as we head into a new year? What do you miss or what do you find to be particularly enjoyable about this new way of doing things? Well, this was supposed to be a, a really big year for me because uh, my last race was in early February in South Carolina. It was a 24-hour race that I did, and that was it for the year. And um, But I had a whole lot of races planned, including my first and probably my only six-day race that was to be held oh in Wisconsin. And um, so I was really devastated at, at the idea that I wasn't going to be able to do races, real races. But I think virtual races kind of kept me sane while all this was going on and all these other races were canceled. And I there's something about virtual that is very appealing. You miss, I miss the, the excitement of the crowds and the other runners and the, um, seeing all different places because that's part of the fun for me of traveling and doing races is seeing places that I don't usually um, have never been to before or places that I really enjoy. But virtual races have, um, <laughs> I can sleep in my own bed. I can mm. take breaks and eat. I, can, I Sometimes my usual habit is I get up at four in the morning and I'm out for a couple of hours uh, walking around my neighborhood. And I might go out four times during the day to rack up my miles. And to me, that's that's really relaxing. Even though I'm working hard, huffing and puffing, I'm really. It, it takes a lot of the uh, the stress of travel, the stress of packing for a race, the anxiety the night before a race, and until a race actually starts, I'm a basket case. Once it starts, I'm feeling great, but um, until I until I reach those later miles, of course, but. Um, there's something really positive about virtual. I think they saved my sanity being able to actually say I'm doing a race. And I did the race across Tennessee, which is sort of like the last annual Vol State. I would never actually be able to do the last annual Vol State. I don't know if that's familiar to you, but it's the same person who puts on the race for the ages, Laz. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I would never be able to really do it, but I was able to do it virtually and even work my way back across Tennessee. And um, 
to me that has having that as a goal and having these other virtual races as goals and actually getting medals, which doesn't really mean anything to me, but it's just the idea that it's um, just having that goal was important. That is awesome. You guys are well suited no matter what 2021 throws at us. All of us are better suited now for having this conversation. They are Quincy Duggar and Marsha White, the 2020 champions of the Sizzlin' 65 Challenge. Over 450 miles. They brought it for sure. Both of you are tremendous, not just for what you accomplished, but what you've been willing to share. I'm going to let you all have the last word really quickly because we don't want to go to break without looking at what the theme was and what I believe is absolutely the case, a silver lining, us getting to know you, us getting a chance to share you because of the fact that we had to go virtual from Big Peach Sizzler. Quincy, I'm going to start with you. What's the silver lining for 2020 for you? Um, well, um, hopefully I get to travel to Washington, D.C. to to uh, compete in the actual uh, 50K uh, my wife and I actually had a, plan, a trip planned around going to Washington, D.C. and my running and the event. We were going to go to the Smithsonian and whatnot, so we're really hoping we get the opportunity next year. Wow, that's awesome. You'll have both then, and you would not have been able to say that if it wasn't for all of this. Marsha, how about for you? What's the silver lining? Well, I'm hoping that um, doing these virtual races has kept up my endurance and my stamina and uh, kept me moving so that in 2021, maybe things will quiet down and I'll be able to go back to my schedule of races again. They are an inspiration. Make sure you check their stories out and go to milesforcf.org again. Feel free to make a donation. It absolutely matters. Quincy and Marsha, thanks so much. Love the fact that we had a chance to have this conversation. Appreciate you being willing to do so. D2, as you know, we're going to take a brief break and we'll be right back after this message. Shopping for a runner can be difficult, but Big Peach gift cards make it a whole lot easier. They're perfect for birthdays, holidays, or any occasion to show you support a healthy and active lifestyle. Gift cards are also perfect for the workplace as an incentive, reward, or thank you for a job well done. Big Peach Running Company gift cards are available at all seven locations and online at bigpeachrunningco.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. D2 Fast Friends, Quincy and Marsha, they are one of us. They are. And I'm, you know, I'm really impressed with Marsha because uh, the distance, I mean, first of all, you know, her age and, you know, and I've said it before, age is just a number, but still it's impressive because um, based on the distance that she's done, you know, she's, she mentioned off mic that she did the uh, race across the ages. And that's something that Don Gibson did. And we were both impressed by that. Absolutely. And I don't think that neither you or I would do that. And we're easily 20 years younger, 20 plus years younger than they are. And it, would not cross my mind to even attempt something like that. Um, and so Marsha is an ultra runner, even though she may not classify herself as that, just based on the amount of distance that she's done. Um, so I'm impressed. Me as well. You derived the campaign, All Runners Welcome. We said from the onset of that campaign that that includes everyone very much, including walkers. More evidence of that. Go, Marsha. Go for sure. Quincy, super cool dude. He invited off Mike me to come join him some morning at Stone Mountain, like us, an early riser when he gets those miles in. 
I cannot imagine how many laps or loops he does around that mountain every year to be able to cover the distance he does, including what he did during that Sizzlin' 65 challenge. But what was most impactful for me in his story was just his humility. That story, shaving off a few pounds for any of us, is a difficulty, mostly because of the commitment that's required. But to take it to that level is unbelievable and yet he made it seem like it was just another thing yeah i mean that's one of those things that and i i I say this to to you know to myself and maybe to others that when it comes to these type of you know especially weight loss programs or maybe even becoming a runner it's like you have to want to do it no one's going to make you do it it doesn't matter what the what the you know doctors tell you what you know science tells you whatever it is it's got to come from you. It's got to come from inside of you to make that commitment to do it. And, you know, um, and listen to both of them, uh, because I'm inspired by the, the distance that they've, that they've done within a, about a month, uh, you know, time period. And, you know, right now I'm maybe getting, you know, uh, you know, 25 to 30 ish miles a week, you know, and I'm excited because I'm coming off an injury and I'm like, Oh man, I'm like, I'm putting in some, some miles. To me, that's I'm st- even if I were to do thirty plus miles, I'm still only maybe over a hundred, hundred and twenty miles in a month, and they're doing, you know, probably three times, four times that much in the same time period. So there's a part of me that was like, I want to be like them, you know. <laughs> and you've said this before that yeah, you know, there's other people out there that want to want to to run. Yep. I'm right now at the point where I, I want to want to run that distance, you know, to get more miles and to, to be them, especially to get to Marsha's age and to do that, uh, you know, when I'm 70, uh, I would love to do that. It's a journey for sure. I do know that there is research that suggests there's more pressure, especially on young people than ever before. Marsha mentioned those seasons of life where it seems to be pretty common, where the stresses of life are at an apex. And yet we know that this year, undoubtedly brought much uncertainty for everyone, for all of you, for us, D2, for sure. And yet this lifestyle, it matters. It does make a difference. Some of the research that I saw recently and some of that pressure that I referenced comes from two places. And there is a bit of a remedy that I would toss in there alongside such. And that is that oftentimes we feel the weight of others' expectations for us and we carry the burden around of what our intentions are. But in the middle of that is simply the actions. The actions that we take that should replace the expectations others have. And certainly sometimes we can say it's the actions we ultimately decide to take that are far more valuable than the intentions that we've made. If I use Quincy just as an example of that, I am sure many can say they have an intention to lose weight. But taking action, doing something, in Quincy's case, being consistent now for nine plus years and instituting the disciplines that he has, those are actions. Those are no longer just intentions. That is liberating and change. It does happen for sure. That's where transformation is born. No, absolutely. And I mean, and that's something that I think we all need to kind of focus on. And, you know, when we talk about whether it's, you know, your personal goals or business goal, professional goals, it's, it's those taking those actions that's going to lead to that level of success.
Indeed, they may not always be perfect, but they always do matter. A special thanks again. Congratulations to Quincy and to Marsha. And of course, on behalf of D2, D2, I appreciate you doing this. I know I can say this with your absolute applause for all of those who have tuned in, who are part of our run ATL community. We appreciate you so very much. Of course, we'll be back in just two weeks. In the meantime, like we always say, as we certainly mean, may your best miles be those covered on foot.